Our family of listeners is growing every week. Thanks for listening live and through all our digital broadcasting channels. Spread the word to your friends to join our weekly conversation. It's time to think about the Bible like you never have before. This is Christian Questions, our website, ChristianQuestions.com. Here's Rick and Jonathan. Abraham Heschel once said, Self-respect is the fruit of discipline. The sense of dignity grows with the ability to say no to one's self. Welcome to Christian Questions. I'm Rick, and this is not your typical Christian commentary as we look at Bible-related topics from a different perspective. And you might say that ours is a long-term approach as we've been broadcasting the good news of the gospel for over 18 years. I'm Jonathan, and that long-term different perspective has its basis in three things, godly principles, family values, honest dialogue, always done in a politically free zone. Rick, today is our 967th broadcast, and we've talked the gospel with listeners on several talk radio stations throughout the eastern and central United States for many years. That's right, and we figured it was time to bring that good news to the whole world by way of podcasting, so here we are. So, folks, we thank you for joining us today. This is a call-in format. We are caller-friendly. So, Jonathan, let's get started. We have got a really, really tough subject on the table for today. We do, Rick. Our question is, virtual sex and pornography. Does God care? Our theme text is found in Romans chapter 1, verse 28. And just as they did not see fit to acknowledge God any longer... God gave them over to a depraved mind to do those things which were not proper. And Jonathan, before we start, it's always our objective with each subject we choose to approach it in a biblical and very relevant, practical way. We search out the original context of the scriptures that we cite, we try to find their true meaning, and combine those scriptures with the pressing issues of our day to give you something to really think about. So this subject fits right in with that description. Because here's the bottom line. Never before have we been in such a place of insidious contradiction. On the one hand, technology has opened a once-locked door of accessibility for anyone with an internet connection can now reach that which was once thought to be unreachable regarding knowledge, understanding, and goodness. On the other hand... Technology has given the world the opportunity to throw open the door of reckless indulgence and to have our curiosities draw us into a dark and powerful vortex of destructive sights, sounds, and activity. Sexual behavior, once considered a sacred behavior, has become a mainstream and malignant tumor within our culture that quietly eats away at our humanity under the guise of of freedom of expression. Pornography, with all of its degrading extremity, explicitness, and violence, has become the single most popular destination of the billions who search the web. And it is a web. A web of entrapment that leads to the ruining of countless lives and relationships. So, what can we do about it? What should we do about it? Is there a way out of this godless web once you have become entangled? And, folks, due to the, as you can probably guess, due to the graphic nature nature of our conversation today, we are asking parents to use their discretion regarding the sensitive ears of their children. So we will begin this subject by defining what we believe the problem is. 
And Rick, before we get into the meat of the subject, this was a listener-driven subject, wasn't it? Yeah, we got a letter from a young man uh, at an undisclosed location who was really, really struggling with this. And he was practically begging for help. Like, I, I, I try and I fail and I try and I fail. What do I do? What do I do? So we thought that rather than just give him a, a written answer saying, you know, hang in there, brother, you know, you know keep working, keep praying, that it was, it was relevant enough to just do it, do an entire program on. So that's why we are talking about this. It's a little, uh, not along the lines of our style, shall we say, but here we go. Um, so, so Jonathan, let's start this definition by going to a soundbite. We have lots of soundbites tonight because they're going to help to really clarify what's going on. The, this is from the Science of Pornography Addiction. The site was ASAP Science. And it's just going to give you just a kind of an introductory sense of what we're talking about when we talk about pornography addiction. Pornography constitutes about 25% of all search engine requests and is the fourth most common reason people give for going on the internet. Pornography has dynamically changed over time, ultimately molding our tastes and desires. The not-so-shocking truth is that pornography has profound consequences for the brain and acts in many ways like a drug. With prolonged exposure, your tolerance is increased and many often find themselves addicted. Though it's not a physical substance, it leads to the same general loss of control, the compulsiveness to seek out the activity despite negative consequences, and withdrawal when it goes away, much like that of gambling or running, for example. The issue is that continued exposure can cause long-term or even lifelong neuroplastic change in the brain. And we're going to get into uh, several parts of that as we go through this subject uh, tonight. So, uh, Jonathan, before before we begin, I just want to um, lay out what our perspective is on this because it's really important. And we're going to just lay it out very clearly. Our perspective on this issue is blunt. We believe that all pornography and online sexual encounters are sins of a most degrading nature, period. Having said that, we realize that because of their lure and addictiveness, there are many who find themselves either drawn into or stuck in horrible, life-degrading habits. Now, folks, look, if this is you or someone you know, please, please stay with us as we attempt to lay out this subject in such a way that it will provide a motivation and means of walking away from such sin. And Jonathan, this is so so important because so many people get stuck with this kind of a, uh, this this kind of um, activity. So and yeah, Rick, um, our hearts go out to those that are stuck in in the rut of of this addiction and how much pain it's causing not only them but those around them. And we're going to be really laying that out as we go through this. And and you know, there's there's different levels of being stuck. There's, you know, the getting your foot stuck, and there's being stuck in waist deep and you can't get out. Both of those types of being stuck need help and need encouragement. And that's what we're here to do, is to provide encouragement by way of factual understanding and putting things in order. We want to make a suggestion that we will repeat throughout the program, because we truly believe that the treatment of this particular subject tonight, of virtual sex and pornography is an incredibly important tool to use with your teenage children, obviously at the parents' uh, discretion. So we would advise parents listen to this on their own first 
decide if their children are old enough or in a place where they think this can be uh, a helpful tool to help them understand some things. And feel free to use it as a tool to help people with their understanding so that, that young minds can realize the, the, uh, the, the, the power of the lure and the power of needing to say no. So we'll, we'll be coming back to that throughout the, uh, the uh, podcast uh, today. So, so Jonathan, let's get started. Let's put a scripture on the table. We're going to quote it in, in pieces as we go through several other sound bites to try to help sort of define what it is we're talking about. We're trying to define the problem here in this first segment. But realize this, that in the last days, difficult times will come, for men will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy. So never did the apostle imagine that such things as we have access to now would be available in his time. But the way he writes in this verse, in 2 Timothy 3, we're going through verses 1 through 13, we're breaking it into pieces, he talks about being lovers of self, lovers of money and boastful and arrogant. And, and look, all of these things don't apply to our particular subject, but, they don't, Rick, but there are a couple that so far popped out. Lovers of self and unholy, those two relate. Right. They do. They And, and, and the other thing is disobedient to parents. Oh, and, yeah. And ungrateful. And while you're at it, let's throw in arrogant. <laughs> so there's... There's a lot there because the, the, the industry, the online sex industry is an industry that takes from you, that draws the life right out of you, and it is enticing so that we allow it to happen to ourselves. So we have to be really, really careful with this. Now, why would you allow something to suck the life right out of you if you know that's what it does? Because it has to do with the chemical reactions in your brain. That's how. Let's go to another soundbite. This is from the, the same um, um, site, The Science of Pornography Addiction, from ASAP Science. This was a YouTube video. And this is going to be talking about what happens, and we're going to get into this in a lot of detail later on, but what happens inside your brain from a chemical standpoint when these things are, start to be viewed and uh, start to sort of take root, if you will. Dopamine is released as a reward whenever we accomplish something, whether it be eating to sustain life or sexual activity to produce future life. And this dopamine consolidates neural connections in order to drive us to perform the same activity in the future. In other words, it alters and forms the brain cells to motivate certain actions. It rewires your brain. The National Institutes of Health measure drug addictiveness by testing rats. The rat is trained to press a button in order to get a drug, and the harder it works indicates how addictive the substance is. It turns out that the more addictive a drug is, the more dopamine we see released. We do know that dopamine is also released during sexual excitement, which pornography plays right into. The more time you spend doing it, the more dopamine gets released, which reinforces the behavior and makes you not only desire it in the future, but require it. And as you begin to imagine these images away from the computer or while having sex, they become reinforced. So there is a chemical reaction in your brain. There's actually a lot more than, than that that goes on. But that plants the seed of now I need this because it provides a high that is really, really important for me or that feels really important for me. 
And that's related to drug addiction, yes. alcohol addiction. Yep. It's the same concept, the same things that go on in right. the brain. It's the, and that's the good point. It's the exact same things that go on in the brain. And that's the thing we have to realize with something like this. Let's go back to 2 Timothy 3. Let's go to verses 3 to 5. Unloving, irreconcilable, malicious gossips, without self-control, brutal, haters of good, treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, holding to a form of godliness, although they have denied its power. Avoid such men as these. So many of these prophetic characteristics fit the online sex industry to a T, especially in that small section of verses. Uh, it, just, it just helps you to understand that we're talking prophetically 2,000 years ago, and we're able to look at what was described and say, wow, in this particular area of life, look how many of these things, just like you said, just pop out and apply to what we're talking about. Yeah, without self-control, reckless, lovers of pleasure. I mean, that is 2,000 years ago. Sorry about that. I, I started the sound by too soon. Hang on one second here. Let me pause it and go back to the beginning. And... Okay. Aristotle believed that some people were born naturally fit to be slaves. He lived in a culture where nearly every household owned one. He accepted the status quo. Today we don't, and yet an estimated 27 million slaves remain in the world, more than ever in history, and 80% of them experience sexual abuse and exploitation. Sex trafficking is the fastest growing illicit industry in the world. But I'm not actually here to talk about the horrors of sex trafficking. I'm here to talk about consistency. All right, and that was from, I apologize for that. That was from the, science, that was from the porn paradox. Uh, this is a speech given, a TED Talk given by Megan Johnson in Greenville. And she, we're going to go back to this continually throughout the broadcast uh, today because she lays out some things that are really important. The first step, she says, is look, there's a massive sex slave industry that has millions and millions and millions of people trapped in it. What has that got to do with us? We'll, we'll, we'll get into that in a few minutes. Let's get back to that scripture, Jonathan. For among them are those who enter into households and captivate weak women weighed down with sins, led on by various impulses, always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Okay, so, and I would, I would change that scripture to say that when we allow the internet to bring us to such places, they captivate weak men uh, weighed down with sins, led on by various impulses. You know, the clamor for freedom of expression uh, masks the ignorance and deeply harmful actions of this. And again, this has a lot to do with the sex slavery industry, which has millions and millions and millions of people caught in it. So let's now go to another soundbite from uh, Megan Johnson, The Porn Paradox. And uh, she she brings up a really interesting point that's going to be a basis for some of our further conversation here. In our country, sex is legislated. We have outlawed rape, statutory rape, and pedophilia. When sex produces a child, we call it parenting, and we are legally bound to it for 18 years. When sex causes incurable diseases, we are legally bound to tell our partners about it forever. Sex is a legally significant act because of its physical, psychological, and relational consequences. And so far, the laws are consistent, right? It should occur between consenting adults 
who understand the risks and responsibilities that come with it. What about sex plus money? Forced sex for money we call commercial sex trafficking, and it's illegal. Consensual sex for money is prostitution, and it's still illegal here in all but two counties in Nevada. So basically, if money is exchanged for sex, a crime is committed. Unless someone films the sex and distributes it on the World Wide Web. That is such a powerful point that I had never, ever thought of before. And it really puts things in a, in a whole different light, doesn't it? We'd love to talk to you right now. Our number, 866-985-4255. So the sex is legislated, especially in this country. That's an important point for us to make right here, right now, because that's going to be a building block that we're going to come back to over the next several segments. Let's finish up that first Second Timothy 3 uh, scripture, verses 10 through 13. Now you followed my teaching, conduct, purpose, faith, patience, love, perseverance, persecutions, and sufferings. Indeed, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, but evil men and impostors will proceed from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. So, folks, look, our expectations regarding our stand against these abusive things is to be ridiculed and laughed at. And there will be many who will look at this, what we're doing here tonight, and ridicule and laugh at it. But you know what? There's something that we stand for, and it has to be bigger, and it has to be stronger than what goes on around us. So, Jonathan, we're going to be filling this broadcast, this podcast, with several action steps. What's the first one? Acknowledge the utterly degraded state and purpose of the sex industry. Okay, we've got to acknowledge that. We've got to put it in its right place, in its right understanding. We've got to be able to say it produces bad things. It produces very, very bad things. All right, Rick, this brings us to another question. The online sex industry hurts a lot of people. Well, specifically, who are they? You can't know what it means to be hurt unless you know what it means to be healthy and strong. And Jonathan, that is such an important question to ask. Uh, who gets hurt with all of this? Before we get into that in, with specifics, let's go to a quote. We want to do a lot of quotes tonight about self-control and discipline because that's one of the bottom lines of managing this. Quote from Henry Ward Beecher. Hold yourself responsible for a higher standard than anyone else expects of you. Never excuse yourself. Never pity yourself. Be a hard master to yourself and be lenient to everyone else. All right. So be a hard master to yourself. And this is where it always starts. It starts with me. You can, I can complain about everybody else, but the bottom line question is always going to come back to what about me? What about me? How am I going to change? How am I going to stand up for something bigger and better? So who gets hurt? by this kind of activity. Well, let's start to list out some of the, the, the people that are in line to be hurt desperately and horribly. Uh, and again, we're going to frame it in the context of Scripture. Uh, let's go to Romans chapter 1. We're going to be reading verses 16 through, through 32, but again, we're going to break it up into little pieces. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, but the righteous man shall live by faith. So one of the key points to start with as we go through who gets hurt is where do we stand? And the, the, the first thing is we have to stand in faith 
in the right kinds of things. We have to stand in faith in God, in his word, in his way, in his morality, and his plan. Because if we don't, verse 18 starts to take us down that road. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Because that which is known about God is evident within them, for God made it evident to them. All right, so now it talks about the wrath of God revealed against all ungodliness. Now look, this doesn't mean that God is going to, if you if you get stuck in the trap of, of pornography, God's going to find you and strike you down dead. That's not what this is saying. But it is saying we have an obligation as Christians to stand for something higher. And if we are walking through something so much lower and attempting or saying that we're standing for something higher— Something's got to give. It's not just about being right or good or moral. It's about being godly. Because being right and good and moral can all be subjective to whatever society is telling you is right and good and moral. That's why it comes down to being godly. Well, Rick, what about those that don't fry their brains with (laughs) pornography, but just want to use it casually, just once in a while? Well, you know, that's that's a... (laughs) Yeah, okay, what's wrong with that? Using it just casually yeah. once in a while. So so what you're saying is I will casually once in a while decide to not be godly. I will casually once in a while decide, well, God doesn't matter for these next few minutes or for this next half hour for whatever it is because, you know, I'm a human being and God just doesn't matter here. As a matter of fact, I'm going to stand against what God says for these next few minutes. I mean, really, do we really want to go down that road? It's going to get even worse as we go through this, but that's just to get us started on that. Um, Let's go back to uh, Megan Johnson, the porn paradox, uh, and she talks about the sex slavery industry and pornography, and listen, listen carefully to the connections. This we call hardcore pornography, and not only is it legal and protected as an expression of free speech, but we celebrate and encourage it as a rite of passage, recreational escape, and marital inspiration. But people are still getting paid to have sex, a legally significant act with physical, psychological, and relational consequences. This is the commodification of human beings for the pleasure of paying consumers for an estimated $14 billion a year. From prime time to late night, our popular culture lightheartedly accepts the reality of porn consumption while simultaneously joining in the public outcry against sex trafficking. But remember how the tobacco companies denied any relationship with cancer for decades? Just like tobacco undeniably causes cancer, the pornography industry both drives and supplies the growing demand for sex slaves. Okay. That last point, we cannot make strongly enough. Just like the tobacco industry undeniably causes cancer, the pornography industry drives sex slave trafficking. It makes it possible. It makes it profitable. It makes it valuable to many people. So, Jonathan, when you said, well, you know, what if I want to just indulge in this here and there just a little bit? Okay, so you want to support sex slavery just a little bit, periodically here and there. I mean, come on. Whoa, whoa. Stop. I mean, and that's what we've got to be thinking. Look at this with the raw reality that we're laying out. 
We're talking about people being slaves, being forced to do things against their will, and you use it for your pleasure? Really? I mean, that's the way we've got to look at this if we want to walk away. We have to create that, 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 that divergence in our head that says, no, I can't go there. So, Rick, who gets hurt? The people in the industry consenting or not? That's right, because and, – and there's loads of statistics we can't get into on that, but – the people who do this stuff get hurt dis- desperately and deeply. I can't, I'm, I'm not even going to get into su- suicide rates and drug use rates and sexually transmitted diseases and all of that stuff that just happens to come along with, with, with this package here. Let's go back to uh, Romans chapter 1. Let's go to verses 21 to 25. 20 to 25, sorry. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes— His eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood through what has been made, so that they are without excuse. For even they knew God. They did not honor him as God or give thanks, but they became futile in their speculations, and their foolish heart was darkened. So this scripture is beginning to lay out the degradation of the mind of man having the the evidence of God all around, but slowly walking away from the bright light of God's presence into a darkness. Professing to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the incorruptible God for an image in the form of a corruptible man and of birds and four-footed animals and crawling creatures. The image of corruptible man and woman and the image of corruptible acts that men and women commit. This is against the way God created us to be. Therefore, God gave them over in the lusts of their hearts to impurity so that their bodies would be dishonored among them. For they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. Exchanging the truth of God for a lie. And again, this is all in the name of freedom of expression. If you are a Christian, you, you look at this and say, well, is it freedom of expression? Well, sure. By the laws of the land, I suppose it is. Of course, there's the legal issues that, are, uh, that Megan Johnson in her talk bring up, like, well, wait a minute. This is breaking laws, and all you're doing is making a movie and, hello, selling it. So how can it possibly be legal if you, you know, take the law and, and apply it? But we as Christians need to be able to stand up for something higher, something better, something stronger, and say, this is as far a contradiction away from the will and way of God as we can even imagine. And, 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 and folks, just got to let that sink in, how deep it is. For the sake of our conversation, the truth of God is human sensuality in its proper and private place. That has been exchanged for human-based desire presented in a depraved way to a depraved world. I want to make an important point, Jonathan. There is nothing wrong with human sensuality in its proper place. God designed it so. That's right. And it's a beautiful thing when it's in its proper place. But just like anything else that is sacred, when you take it out of its proper place, it gets polluted and for some reason becomes very attractive. Let's go to uh, to make matters worse, okay? We're talking about the sex slave industry 
80% of slaves in the world, there are 27 million slaves right now, 80% of them are sex slaves of one kind or another. There's another additional factor with the pornography industry that Megan Johnson in her talk, The Porn Paradox, a TED Talk, uh, brings us to. Listen to this. The demand for more extreme forms of violence also continues to increase. Two studies conducted in 2005 and 2010 reveal that 90% of the most popular porn downloads contain multiple instances of physical and verbal aggression and violence, all directed at women, who in turn give the appearance of enjoying it. Still worse, of the results of a 2010 Google search for the term rape porn, 86% boasted the actual rape of girls under 18. 75% involved weapons, 43% included the realistic portrayals of drugged women, and 46% claimed incest. So, Jonathan, this is not just sex. It's violence. It's this is awful. It, it's degrading. It's drugging individuals. It's rape. It's all of those things, and those things are looked at as entertainment for us. What is wrong with this picture? Send us a message on our email at christianquestions.com or give us a comment on your app. All right. Um, so who gets hurt? You know, we talked about the folks that are in the industry, whether they want to be or not. You know, the next group of people that get hurt, and we can't say enough about this, are our spouses, our families of those who access such, such a depraved situation. They get hurt. They get hurt. They get broken. And... And we're responsible if we are continuing to do this kind of thing. Let's go back to Romans. Uh, again, we're in Romans 1, verse, uh, verse 26. For this reason, God gave them over to degrading passions, committing indecent in, in acts, and receiving in their own persons the due penalty of their error. So, again, this scripture is going to go a slightly different direction. We're not going that direction, but we're taking the principles and talking about the degrading passions that the apostle was writing about. Again, he didn't know what it was going to look like here and now. He would have been... He, can you imagine the apostle Paul looking at this and saying, what is wrong with you people? <laughs> oh, <laughs> terrible. But again... Rick, I, yeah. I have a couple of points I researched uh, for the podcast, and I found an article in Time Magazine, April 2016, and it says that some men reported having trouble in the bedroom after living porn-saturated lives as teenagers, and some women report feeling pressure to act like porn stars during their most intimate moments. Uh, see, we, we're off. We are so far off if that's where we're going. And again, we have to decide, how do we stand up for that which is right and that which is noble in God's sight? So the depth of, and of depression and hurting resulting from the porn industry and so forth is deeper than can be expressed. It just is, it is deeper and it is worse than can be expressed. Let's go to um, another another soundbite from Megan Johnson, uh, because again, she talked about sex slave industry. She talked about extreme violence, and now she's going to add yet more to that. FightTheNewDrug.org says the vast majority of pornography viewed by millions of people every day is teaching that humiliation and violence are a normal part of what sex is supposed to be. And studies show that the more socially normal one believes a behavior, the more likely they are to act upon it. We are raising a generation of boys and girls compelled to act out this false norm of sexual dominance and perversion, not to mention the unavoidable sexist racism. 
Pornography arouses viewers to mentally and physically engage with behaviors they would never dream of acting upon in real life. But after multiple exposures, what was once shocking becomes mundane, and the demand grows. Studies repeatedly show that people who view porn regularly are much more likely to pursue bought sex in real life. And as with any commodity, the lower the cost, the higher the profit, leading to inevitable exploitation of the most vulnerable. In fact, 80% of sex traffic survivors recall clients playing pornographic scenes for them to imitate. I mean, what do you say about that? Uh, the humiliation becomes normal, acting out these false norms, creating something that, that you're, you're, you're portraying as normal, but in fact is, is way beyond normal, and then expecting uh, that to happen in real life. It, it just breaks people into pieces. There is nothing, nothing good. Who gets hurt? Inevitably, all those who have exposure to those who indulge in such sin. That's who gets hurt. Everybody does. And we've got to look at that and just acknowledge it bluntly and plainly. And how many divorces, Rick, does this cause? 56% of all divorces have the pornography thing involved in them, just to give you an idea. Wow. Okay, so yeah, I'm glad you asked that question. Romans 1, verses uh, 28 to 32. And just as they did not see fit to acknowledge God any longer, God gave them over to the depraved mind to do those things which were not proper, being filled with all unrighteousness, wickedness, greed, evil, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, malice. They are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, arrogant, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, without understanding, untrustworthy, unloving, unmerciful. There's an awful lot in there. We're not going to pick out things piece by piece, but what we want to say about that is sometimes we get sucked into this kind of thing and then we find ourselves stuck. Not because we want to be, but now here we are. What do we do? Folks, this is for you because this is what one of the steps is to help us understand how deep and how degraded it is so we can look at it and say, I cannot be a part of this. Um, and Rick, we want to remind um, the parents that are listening to this program to use this as a tool for their adolescent uh, children um, based on their discretion. And signing up for CQ Rewind, having the document with all the information down, you can go step by step to teach and help and and prevent your children from going down the wrong path. And, and that's a really, really good point. CQ Rewind uh, is a free service. It's offered at ChristianQuestions.com, ChristianQuestions.com, or you can get it through your app. Uh, Jonathan, let's finish up that scripture, and then let's just wrap up this particular segment. And although they know the ordinances of God, that those who practice such things are worthy of death, they not only do the same, but also give heart approval to those who practice them. So... It is a self-fulfilling prophecy. That's what these scriptures are saying. That's where we look. The putting aside of godly ways always brings about a miserable and destructive end. Whenever we put aside things which bring us to godliness, um, that is the the end is predictable. I guess that that's the the best way to describe it. The end here is very predictable, and it's not very good. So. Let's get to our second action step. Acknowledge the depth of hurt and destruction you contribute to people you don't even know, not to mention those whom you love and cherish by your misplaced sexual indulgence. So, folks, what we're suggesting is 
going through these things and saying, look, look at all the people that get hurt, even people I don't know. Do I want to contribute to that? Put that in front of your face so it's plain and simple and you can look it right in the eye and say, what's my choice on this? Well, Rick, all of this being said, what about this question? If I indulge such ungodly choices, what are my potential consequences? And, and Jonathan, let's always remember our humanness, and that means remembering our vulnerability. And we are so very, very vulnerable in so many, many uh, different ways. Let's go to another quote, this one by William Lyon Mackenzie King. Self-denial and self-discipline, however, will be recognized as the outstanding qualities of a good soldier. Again, Discipline quotes, because we are supposed to be soldiers of Christ. We've got to be looking towards that. Uh, Jonathan, we have a uh, chat comment that we want to uh, bring up, so uh, Trisha is going to bring that for us. Yeah, Rick and Jonathan, we have a great comment from the app that I'd like to read. It says, here is a saying slightly altered. Um, Through Christ, God loves us and deals with us just the way we are. But he loves us too much to leave us that way. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will and will forgive us of our sin and purify us from all unrighteousness. That's first John one. We also fail him like Peter did, and we search our hearts to answer the question, Do you love me more than these? Do you love me more than your earthly passions and distractions? Do you love me more than your old familiar habits and the ways of dealing with pain and disappointment? Do you love me more than whatever sin imprisons you? Um, do you love me enough to be willing to let them go and follow me? The Father and our Lord Jesus long to free us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. All right, thanks, Trish, for that. Uh, it, it's important to understand that, you know, This is a comparison, and it's a loyalty test. What am I going to choose to be loyal to? Again, sometimes we fall into something, and we wake up, and we say, oh, what happened to me? I made some bad choices, and now all of a sudden, I'm stuck in this this mud, and I can't pull myself out. And that's where we have to begin to make the choices. If you're there, don't panic, but panic, (laughs) okay? Panic (laughs) from the standpoint of saying, wait a minute, can't stay here. What do I do? And the answer is you've got to look at the things that 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 you are supporting that you are involved in and see what their true value is because their value is trash that's really what their value is let's go back to the uh, porn paradox from megan johnson and again we're, we're we're talking about our personal consequences here in this particular segment and she brings up a phrase here that i think is really really important for us to um to talk about Instead of placing sex within the context of a dynamic, multi-layered, ever-changing relationship with a real person, the vast majority of pornography portrays sex as a solely physical act for predominantly male arousal, which proves insatiable. The addictive properties of live-action porn consumption parallel that of cocaine, especially on developing minds. Users require more extreme and deviant forms of pornography to get the same level of satisfaction, leading them to risk their education, jobs, and relationships while compulsively searching for novel scenes, added violence, and younger performers. In 2015, the most common search term for porn was teen. 
and younger and younger victims follow with over 116,000 searches for child pornography every day. 80% of men arrested for child sex abuse possess child pornography, more than half featuring children under the age of five. And, and that goes down a whole different road. For, and most of us look at that and say, oh, that's, really, that's terrible. But you've got to realize that the rest of this is terrible as well. That physical insatiability, and the key phrase there is that it's insatiable. You can't put out the fire once you start uh, stoking it this way. And we'd love to hear from you. Our number is 866-985-FOR-ALL. That's 866-985-4255. Let's go to uh, Luke 9, 23 to 25, because this is about me. This is about me. If I get stuck here, what's gonna, what are my responsibilities and what's going to happen to me? And he was saying to them all, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake, he is the one who will save it. For what is a man who profit if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? Take up his cross daily. That is a Christian responsibility. And if I am a Christian and I am involved in this, in this porn thing, and we haven't even mentioned virtual sex yet, which is a whole different layer of things. Uh, but if I'm involved in this, am I taking up my cross daily and following Jesus? That's a really simple question. See, Christianity is inherently about choice and action. For us to choose a spiritual course is for us to act on leaving behind our physical life. You've got to leave it behind. Obviously, this is a process that continues to unfold daily. Jonathan, we're going to use a series of four sound bites in this segment. I <laughs> hope we can fit it all in. Um, and this is from um, Dr. Scott, uh, he, uh, Dr. Scott Health site. It's called Your Brain on Porn, The Scary Effects of Porn. And his website is yourbrainonporn.com. And it talks about what the uh, effects are on your brain. And there's four different basic effects. So we're going to go to the first one now, which he calls sensitization that Gary Wilson talks about. One is sensitization, so that's actually becoming sensitized to the stimulus, um, being exposed to, to the high-speed internet pornography. Um, any, any subtle thing, maybe it's just a little bit of skin and it's like, oh man, and then your brain dumps into dopamine and it's like, gotta have it, gotta have it, and you're in that one-track mind of sex. And um, you go straight to the porn, you go straight to uh, that 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 thought pattern so in sensitization the real key is that your brain begins to associate uh, satiating a desire with this particular thing so you're sensitized to it it becomes magnetic for you and Rick in the Time magazine article uh, healthy young men attempted to be sexually active with actual women they physically couldn't get aroused due to years of the porn rewriting their brain the natural function, Rick, was no longer there. So How it, damaging that is. And, and it gets worse than that, okay? So you get sensitized to it. So, and the next step is going to be uh, desensitization. But first, let's just drop in First Peter 1.14 here. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the former lusts which were yours in your ignorance. The former lusts which were yours in your ignorance. Now, again, if you're a Christian and you're stuck, okay, you're living a dual life. So what do you do about that dual life? 
you have to do something uh, to to be able to control it and to and to decide to step away from it. Well, realize that you get sensitized to this stuff. The next soundbite is about desensitization, which sounds like, well, how could it be the opposite? Well, just listen and we'll see. Uh, next is desensitization. So this is actually um, also as in the case of drugs, since this is um, related to addiction, you get used to the drug, you, have, you gain tolerance. So you get used to the stimulus, you get used to, you know, two tabs, um, rifling between two tabs of internet pornography, and then, you know, maybe you have to have a longer session, you have to have multiple partners, or you have to have just the right, you know, the, the same things that did it for you before, don't do it for you anymore, and now you got to have crazy fetishes and crazy orgies and this and that, and craziness just to get that same fix it just you know further and further down the rabbit hole and uh, so it causes a desensitization because your your brain isn't um, isn't getting what it needs it, it's become um, desensitized and and so things that gave you pleasure before they really don't do it for anymore just regular things in life so the desensitization just simply means you need more of it to to make you feel better and so you can see that this this is he talked about it being down the rabbit hole, and this is just getting deeper and deeper and deeper. It just is not in any way, shape, or form a good thing to be involved in. Let's go again to another scripture. Let's go to Romans uh, twelve one and two. Therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Okay, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Have that transformation um, be a part of who you are. But again, Jonathan, that has to be a choice. And in order to make that choice, we have to be able to be looking forward, not backward. In our sinful state, the renewing of one's mind is a continuing process. In the same way, we are to take up our cross daily. Okay, So this indicates that Christian lives are to be driven by spiritual action habits. Habits. Bad things become habits. And to counteract something bad becoming a habit, you have to have something good become a habit so it can be replaced. That's a hard thing to do. But if we don't do that, we will go through the sensitization first, where we get used to it. Then we go through desensitization, where we need more and more, and it needs to be more crazy and more disrespectful and more harmful. And then we get to, to a word that I never even heard of. And it's, I, I frankly don't, I, I wonder if the guy made this word up. It's called <laughs> hypo, hypofrontality. Okay, so let's just kind of try to figure out what that word means. So the next one is hypofrontality. Number three is hypofrontality. So what is our big distinguishing factor the rest of the mammals is that uh, we have a part of our brain that actually can override our primal instincts that instead of saying like, hump that thing, uh, go get it, sex, 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 we can actually say, oh, actually our prefrontal cortex uh, jumps in and says, whoa, let's not do that. That's probably a bad idea because of this, this, and this. Um, so our prefrontal cortex is, gives us that executive function. And when we, when we have um, any form of addiction, whether that's drug, methamphetamine, heroin, uh, and now we're seeing with, with 
sex addiction and uh, internet high-speed internet porn addiction is that we we start eroding that willpower, that ability of our prefrontal cortex to be able to override those functions, and it becomes very difficult to uh, to think clearly. And uh, we get any little stimulus, and it's like we want we want what what uh, we're programmed to want, whatever that addiction is. We we can't hardly focus on anything else but getting that fixed. So, so Jonathan, what this is basically saying is we start to lose control of our ability to control it. And so when you think about it, you need more and more, and now you're losing control of your ability to control it. And you said it earlier. This is just like drug addiction. Same kind of thing. Uh, Jonathan, we have another comment from the app that Trish is going to bring for us here. Okay, Rick. Um, this one is from the um, the uh, the app, a message from the app says, I left my husband at 24 years old after almost four years of marriage. He was addicted to porn to the point where he expected me to behave the way he saw the women in the videos and would often pass up intimacy with me in favor of watching porn online. I eventually gave him an ultimatum and he chose his addiction over our marriage. I now see pornography as a modern day form of adultery. And uh, thanks, Trish, for that. Uh, and, and, you know, it, it really that's is heartbreaking, Rick. It that's is heartbreaking. And that's one story of a thousand, of two thousand, of a hundred thousand. I mean, there are so many stories like that. So, folks, if this is you and if you're stuck, we, we OK, we get what it means to be stuck. Realize in the first segment, realize what the problem is, what it's made of. In the second segment, it, it was realize who else you're hurting. In this segment, it's realize how much you're hurting yourself. You're, you're reprogramming your brain against your will, and the, the images that you are seeing and spending all your time with are going to control your mind. Uh, let's go to Philippians 3, 12 to 14. Not that I have already obtained it or have already become perfect, but I press on so that I may lay hold of it, that for which also I was laid hold of by Christ Jesus. Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So another of our spiritual action habits is the continual putting away, the continual letting go, like the scripture said, of our sinful past so that we're free to reach forward to grasp our spiritual future. You can't hold on to what's behind you and reach forward to that which is before you at the same time. You're going to break. It's not going to work. And as a Christian, we have to begin to make those decisions for ourselves because we get stuck. And being stuck is not a good place to be. There's one more thing that goes wrong with the mind uh, as a result of excessive porn uh, use, and that is uh, dysfunctional stress circuits. We are listening to your brain on porn um, Dr. Scott Health is um, where we got these sound bites from. So let's go to the next uh, step on this. Number four, dysfunctional stress circuits. So food is a good one to relate this to. Food is can be highly addictive. Um, everyone goes on a sugar binge from now and that uh, every now and then. Some people. Um, we've had uh, problems with food in the past and uh, what happens when you're when you're stressed 
you, you go straight to that food. Um, so when we're stressed, we, we get dysfunctional stress circuits when we have these particular addictions. And once just a little stressor comes, our mind just goes straight to that, that one-track mind of let, let's, uh, let's satiate that desire. So it, it's, it's like a food addiction gone, gone completely wild. So, so Jonathan, you're out, you're out of control. You just are an out-of-control human being, and you're damaging everybody around you. You're damaging the people who you're watching as well, many of which are slaves. So there's nothing good here. There's nothing good here. Um, 1 Corinthians 6, 16 to 20, and um, let's just read um, uh, verse—we're uh, a little short on time. Verse 16, and then just jump down to um, 19 and 20. Or do you not? For he says, the two shall become one flesh. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, which is in you, which you have from God, and that you are not your own? For you have been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body. Glorify God in your body. As a Christian, if you're looking at pornography, the question you have to ask yourself is Am I glorifying God in my body? And the answer is no. There is no conceivable way that you can say yes to the answer to that question because you're supporting slave, uh, slave, the slave trade industry. You're, 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 you're viewing things that are just inappropriate and improper. Engaging in porn and virtual sex is stepping toward the joining with absolute immorality. Spiritual action habits dictate that we join with God because he does own us, all right, through Christ and run away from all immorality. Jonathan, what's the third action step? Acknowledge the harm and destruction that you are causing yourself by engaging in any form of online sexuality and dwell on the pain of such choices. So you've got to acknowledge what you're doing to yourself, put it up in front of you, dwell on it, look at it, rehearse it again and again and again because this is your life. Rick, from a godly and principled approach, what do virtual sex and pornography do to my Christian beliefs? Jonathan, you know, our belief system regarding intimate relationships is simple and it's sacred. Let's go to another uh, discipline uh, quote before we get to that simple and sacred understanding of our Christian beliefs. Clint Eastwood once said, Respect your efforts. Respect yourself. Self-respect leads to self-discipline. When you have both firmly under your belt, that's real power. All right. Respect yourself. Respect your efforts. When we engage in pornography and virtual sex, there is no self-respect. There is no respect for the people we're watching. There is no respect for the people we're hurting who are in our family or that we're associated with. So there's no respect, period. End of statement anywhere. That is that the way we should be? So, so – what is our closely held Christian belief on these things? Well, let's go back to the beginning. Let's go to Genesis chapter 2, verses 21 to 25. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man, and he slept. Then he took one of the ribs and closed up the flesh at that place. The Lord God fashioned into a woman the rib which he had taken from the man and brought her to the man. The man said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. For this reason, 
A man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. So our belief system has its foundation in fidelity and the deep bonding that comes from it. I mean, the way Genesis describes this relationship, a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife. The King James says, shall cleave unto his wife. You hold on and you don't let go. That is honor and respect and the kind of bonding that is the house, that is the dwelling place of a very proper sexual relationship. So let's go back now... um, to the science of pornography uh, addiction. Uh, And there's an interesting point here because uh, in in terms of what happens within our brain in terms of setting up new habits or not following through on a habit. So, So let's listen to this. Pornography addiction can often lead to finding your mate less attractive. The good news is it doesn't have to be permanent. Usually when people understand the mechanism and realize it's affecting their relationships, they can stop. The brain is often described as a use-it-or-lose-it system because the neural connections you stimulate grow stronger and desire to be activated, while the ones you ignore become weakened. Much like your muscles, which, if sitting still all day, itch for activity, but after prolonged non-use, they become complacent. Luckily, because of this use-it-or-lose-it brain, the same neuroplastic system that proliferates these habits can, can also be used to acquire healthier ones. So that is actually very, very good news. The use it or lose it. That means if we start to walk away from something and we stay away from it, we're eventually going to allow our brains to write write itself and say, okay, I don't need that anymore. But that's not an easy thing to do, not even remotely close. And Rick, again, in the Time Magazine article, April 2016, it's saying exactly that. After quitting porn, men can regain healthy sexual functions with their spouses when they stop the bad behavior. When they stop the bad behavior. That's not going to happen the next day. It's going to take time, and you've got to go through that, that, that difficult, difficult period. But again, we're focusing this segment on what do we believe in. So let, let, let's put this in perspective. We started out by looking at what the problem is and how, how heinous and how dark and, and, and despicable it is. And then, and then we looked at who do we hurt outside of ourselves. And then we looked at how do we hurt ourselves. And now we're looking at what am I believing in? What do I believe in? And the purpose of, of going through these things segment by segment, Jonathan, is to give us all ample evidence to say can't go there anymore because of these reasons. All of these reasons need to be put in front of us and we need to be rehearsed again and again and again. Let's go to Hebrews 13, verses 4 and 5. Marriage is to be held in honor among all, and the marriage bed is to be undefiled. For fornicators and adulterers, God will judge. Make sure that your character is free from the love of money, being content with what you have. For he himself has said, I will never desert you, nor will I ever forsake you. So again, the scripture starts out, marriage is to be held in honor, and the marriage bed is to be undefiled. It's a pure place. That's good. That's great news. There is great power in the sanctity of the privacy of the marriage relationship. The sanctity of the privacy of the marriage relationship. Couple this with humility and contentment, and we build a strong and faithful life. 
And two things, Jonathan. Again, we want to remind our listeners that uh, this is a obviously a very graphic conversation. But we, we want to suggest that at parents' discretion, you use this 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 podcast and Secret Rewind, the full edition, with your teenagers if you see it appropriate as a tool to help them understand what's behind the industry, the damage that it does to the people around you as well as to yourself, and how it contradicts utterly all of the things that we stand for as Christians. And Rick, also, you're left with emptiness, guilt, and shame, and that's it. Next week's podcast, we're going to focus on the positive. Why can't I just be happy? <laughs> and and you know when you're left with that emptiness and that insatiability, there's never happiness. There's never contentment. So next week you're right. We're going to talk about the other side of the matter and and put it in into a better better perspective. But until we get to next week, Jonathan, we're going to hammer away at how bad this is and how deep and dark this sinful culture is. We're going back to the porn paradox with Megan Johnson. She gave this TED talk uh, at uh, this TED talk at Greenville. And in this particular part of her talk, she's talking about, uh, again, pornography driving the sex trafficking industry. The pornography industry also contributes to the supply of sex trafficking. Sex traffic survivors report hours of forced pornography viewing as systematic desensitization or so-called training by their oppressors. Nearly half of survivors remember being forced or tricked into making pornographic film to shame them into submission. Today, it's estimated that at least 20% of current online porn footage depicts trafficked girls, and, depict, and, and detecting it is nearly impossible. Consider the fact that the largest porn entry site in the world, which entertained 78 billion views in 2014, acts primarily as a hub, directing viewers to live-action camming sites and illegal tube sites, the most frequently viewed kind by men and women. Sites like these provide multiple platforms for traffickers to cash in on beautiful young lives without ever getting caught. Pornography drives and supplies the demand for sex trafficking. So realize that, uh, and you had said it before, Jonathan, but I want to bring it up again. You said, well, okay, what if you only use it periodically here and there? You're not addicted. Okay, so you're only periodically driving and supplying the sex trafficking industry. Way to go. I mean, think about that. I mean, that's what you're doing. And that, for your own gratification, you're, 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 you're putting your self-gratification and the cost of it is somebody else's life on the other side that you don't even know. This is a real wake-up call, Rick. Hopefully it is. And that's why we're being so blunt and graphic about this. I mean, graphic for us. You should see all the stuff I edited out of these sound bites, Jonathan, I'm telling you. Mm. Because it's, it is so deeply dark. We need to understand it and stand up and do something about it then. Romans 6, 15 to 19. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under law but under grace? May it never be. Do you not know that when you present yourself to someone as slaves for obedience, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either of sin resulting in death or of obedience resulting in righteousness? Okay, so this brings up slavery now, and, and again, we become slaves one way or another, and it really does become a choice. Let's continue. But thanks be to God that through you were slaves of sin, but you became obedient from the heart to that form of teaching to which you were committed. And having been freed from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. 
I am speaking in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. Okay, so he's talking about being a slave to righteousness, and that's a wake-up call, because it's either a slave to sin or a slave to righteousness. Really, as human beings, those are the two, the two choices. For just as you presented your members as slaves to impurity and to lawlessness, resulting in further lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves to righteousness, resulting in sanctification. Resulting in being set apart not falling into the trap and the mud and, and the, the, the horror and the destruction of pornography and virtual sex and all of that. Uh, but but to, look, to be a slave to benevolence and mercy, to God's benevolence and mercy, is to be as free as a human being can ever be. To understand the degradation of the sex industry and support it is to be a slave of it as well. See, if you support it, you're a slave of it. So even if you decide, well, I only use it periodically, way to go. You've engaged yourself in being a slave to something that encourages slavery. And Jonathan, you know, when I talk about slavery in this day and age, it doesn't seem even right. No way. Where's the, At any time it wasn't right. right. Where's the outcry against this? Where is it? And the answer is it's because this is too titillating for us. So you, you don't want to have an outcry because then, you know, then you can't have it anymore. I mean, think about how degraded that thinking is. So what, next soundbite, Jonathan, it's a little bit long, but um, it's a very important soundbite. And I want, I want to frame this. This is a minister. This is a minister who had gotten stuck into the pornography vortex and got drawn in. He lost his family. He lost his ministry. He pretty much lost everything. He, he found somebody to help him or somebody found him, I should say. And he relied on that other individual to be accountable to that person, to be able to come up out of that slavery. So this next soundbite, this is Pornography Isn't Your Problem. This is Jason Mayer. Uh, this was a TED Talk, and Jason is the, is the guy. Uh, this is his breakup letter that he wrote to pornography. Listen to how it reads, because it is very revealing to show the steps that you need to take to walk away from such a beastly habit. It goes like this. When we first met, it was just like any new and even secret dating relationship. Lots of attention, obsession, that constant feeling of being on a high. I really couldn't get enough of you because you were always there to pick me up when I felt down. But then things changed. Even though you always were able to make me feel good physically, you had this way about you that made me feel terrible about myself inside. And then came the realization that you were lying to me. I realized you weren't even faithful to me. You were in a relationship with almost all of my friends. I was a fool to let you into my life and to believe your lies. Now, since I broke up with you, it hasn't been easy, but I've, I've managed to get my family back my marriage back, and most importantly, my heart, mind, and soul back. Because believing the best about myself may seem like a leap, but it is the best jump I've ever made. So now, I'm inspired, and I'm on a mission to keep as many people as I can from being hurt by you. And I'm not going to spare your feelings and say something like, oh, don't worry, it's not you, it's me. Because, dear pornography. I'm glad things are over between us. Stop trying to contact me. 
Because remember, it's not me. It's you. And so, Jonathan, that really puts things in a, in a, in a great perspective, it gives us a sense of hope. You can break up with that horrible, degrading, destructive relationship, but you have to take the right kinds of steps. And again, let's go back to um, uh, some scriptural basis for our Christian beliefs. And this segment is about what do we believe in in relation to sex in its proper place so that we can hold on to that rather than this other stuff. 1 Corinthians 7, 1 to 5. Now concerning the things about which you wrote, it is good for a man not to touch a woman, But because of immoralities, each man is to have his own wife, and each woman is to have her own husband. The husband must must fulfill his duty to his wife, and likewise also the wife to her husband. The wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does. And likewise also the husband does not have authority over his own body, but the wife does. Stop depriving one another, except by agreement for a time so that you may devote yourself to prayer and come together again so that Satan will not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. So here, Jonathan, there's a a real clear picture that the Apostle recognizes, to be blunt, the need for sex in marriage. And he says, look, make sure that you put it in its proper place. Sexual activity in its proper place is a God-designed and sanctioned way to bond. God made it pleasurable for a reason. But like anything that's godly, it can always be taken out of context. Well, Rick, let's get practical. What could be a trigger to supposedly justify oneself to instant gratification? How about number one, blame? Well, she was too tired. Or two, disappointment. She has a headache. Or three, anger. Not tonight, dear. Now, if the spouse, male or female, neglect the other, it could lead to this sinful condition. But it shouldn't. All right, and, uh, and and you're right, it shouldn't, and we've got to be so aware of each other in, in terms of this. Um, we've got another listener comment. Trish is going to bring that to us. Trish, where is this from? This is from the chat. Okay. This is really quick. They just said um, sometimes we need help outside ourselves to um, to get over these things, and this scripture from Proverbs 15, plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, advisors they succeed all right and uh, that's an important thing sometimes you need help sometimes you need more than just a friend sometimes you need professional help and folks there's nothing wrong with that as a matter of fact there's everything right with that the only thing that we would counsel you on there is get the kind of professional help that has respect for your high your strongly held Christian beliefs but get the help that you need so you can plant your feet to be able to be accountable and to stand up and to do something different than you've been doing. Emotionally rehearse uh, the, the glorious peace and contentment that comes from being a follower uh, of Jesus. That's really you know, what we want to, want to get to here. So, so Jonathan, we are down to um, another action step. The fourth action step is what? Acknowledge the absolute contradiction that pornography and virtual sex presents with your core Christian beliefs and how they destroy all that your beliefs stand for. Okay, put it in perspective of what do I believe in and what does pornography draw me to? See how they totally, completely, utterly, and always contradict one another. And that's another way to get yourself to say, can't do that anymore. Well, Rick, this contradiction is making sense. But what about this? 
How do we stop? How do we change, even if we're only casually engaged in the sex industry? All right, so how do we change? How do we do it? What do we do and how do we do it? Because it's great to talk about it and it's great to get all determined and all that, but how do you actually change? Jonathan, let's go to another quote, uh, this one from Vince Lombardi, and this one's about mental toughness. Mental toughness is many things and rather difficult to explain. It quali- its qualities are sacrifice and self-denial. Also, most importantly, it is combined with a perfectly disciplined will that refuses to give in. It's a state of mind you could call in it character in action. I love that quote. It's character and mental toughness is character in action. If you have been called to Christ, if you know about Christ and, and, and you worship God, you should have character that you can put into action. Sometimes, though, we need extra help. Sometimes, many times, we need, if we don't need that professional help, we do need accountability. Somebody else looking over our shoulder and saying to us, hey, you know, how you doing with that? What can I do to help? You told me to check up on you. How you doing? What was, what was yesterday like? So sometimes we need help. Most of the time we need accountability, and all of the time we need prayer. As a Christian, those are places for us to start. And again, the good news is, and this is from uh, CureTheCraving.com, cure the, the good news is that your brain is salvageable after all the damage you can do to it. Studies have shown that if you introduce a new thought to the brain with emotion every day for about 30 days, it creates a new neural pathway in the brain. And if you continue to reinforce it for about 90 days, it becomes the primary neural pathway in the brain. Or on a cellular level, it becomes who you are. You can literally reprogram your brain to think differently. And that's great news. That is just great news. We can reprogram our brains to think differently, but we have to decide to do that. And we have to take the steps necessary. So uh, let's, we've been introducing the action steps at the end of every segment, but let's do this fifth action step at the beginning of this segment. What is it? Assemble all of the things you have previously acknowledged. Write them down and place them before God and before someone you trust. And daily renew your focus to be sanctified. So we're saying set up new accountable habits that are godly. That's what we're saying. Galatians 6, verses 7 through 8, reminds us why we need to do this. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, this he will also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. Okay. God is is not mocked. A lot of times, Jonathan, we like to talk about, well, you know, in my private life, I can do whatever I want, and in my public life, I'll be this way or that way. Not so. God is not mocked. If you are following Christ, then you have covenanted, you have promised to leave sin behind. Now, look, we're sinful, and I get it that we're going to drag sin along with us no matter how hard we try. I mean, you've been a Christian for a long time. Have you finally gotten rid of all of your sin? No, sir. I'm working on it, though. (laughs) But see, that's the point. I'm working on it, though. That's the point. And to be working on it is to truly mean that I am focused on it, and it's deeply important 
to 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 follow these steps and to realize again how 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 awful the 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 pornography and virtual sex industry are and, and Jonathan just by way of, of a quick clarification I don't want to get into you know we've barely talked about virtual sex virtual sex is is essentially uh, engaging in a in a sexual relationship with somebody who's on online you see them they see you and you don't touch each other and a lot of people can say well you know I'm I'm okay because I didn't touch anybody folks that's plain and simple that is adultery if you're you know that that's what adult that's adultery don't don't God's not mocked, okay? Pornography is a little bit different. I wouldn't call it adultery, but just because it's not adultery does not mean it is one of, not one of the most heinous sins you can be committing because you're destroying it, people. But it could lead to adultery Absolutely. because of that mindset. Yes. Oh, no. Un, un, unquestionably. How about the word integrity? Yeah. <laughs> we haven't said that word once, and it's about time you brought it up. As a Christian, we must have integrity, and we must teach our children to have integrity and show them the reasons why. Again, that's why we're suggesting using this particular program as a tool to work with your teenagers at your discretion, to show them the darkness, the evil, the destruction, the death, the misery that's caused by the, the online sex industry, so you can help them understand the purity of what God plans for us. So, Jonathan, let's run through these, these, the, the previous four action steps real quickly here, and let's begin to wrap up. Acknowledge the utterly degraded state and purpose of the sex industry. What is the purpose of the industry? It is to take your money, it is to take your time, it is to draw you in, and it is to make a lot of money. Acknowledge the depth of hurt and destruction you contribute to people you don't even know, not to mention those whom you love and cherish by your misplaced sexual indulgence acknowledge it, put it up in front of you and say, this is what I'm doing to all of these other people. This is how I am contributing to their hurt and their demise in many cases. Third step. Acknowledge the harm and destruction that you're causing yourself by engaging in any form of online sexuality and dwell on the pain of such choices. Look at what you're doing to your own brain and dwell on that and say, look, is that the life I want to lead? Is that the way I want to end up? Because that's what I'm doing to myself. And what was the fourth step? Acknowledge the absolute contradiction that pornography and virtual sex present with your core Christian beliefs and how they destroy all that your beliefs stand for. And they do destroy them. There, there is no middle ground. There is no gray area here. This is really a very black and white situation. So let's go to another soundbite. This is from the Porn Paradox, Megan Johnson. And um, I had to edit a lot out of this, Jonathan, because it was just too graphic for, for, it's too graphic for me. So if it's too graphic for me, I'm not playing it for anybody else. But uh, this is about bought sex on camera. Finally, a growing amount of research considers the pornography industry itself a form of sex trafficking, calling it bought sex on camera. Interviews with porn performers look identical to those of trafficked survivors. They endure the actual enactment of sexual assault, so they are torn, gagged, bound, bruised, beaten, and verbally degraded in every way possible, often by multiple people in a single scene. This might explain the well-documented prevalence of drug abuse and addiction in the industry. Furthermore, the STD rate among porn performers is 10 times greater than that of the same demographic in the general population. Actors have unprotected sex with so many partners in their short four to six month careers on average that it's impossible to keep up with the rate of infection. In addition, adult film actors suffer from drug overdose, depression, 
alcoholism, suicide, accidents, and homicide, giving them the highest death rate of any legal industry. Highest death rate of any legal industry. The question you have to ask yourself is, am I going to support that? STDs, 10 times the normal population. Am I going to support that? Because if you are engaging in this kind of thing, you are, like it or not. You know, there's no room for pride in this fight. Rather, we've got to be humble and cling to the very, very highest principles. 1 Corinthians 10, 12 to 13. Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed that he does not fall. No temptation has overtaken you, but such is common to man. And God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will provide the way of escape also, so that you will be able to endure it. So clinging to the highest possible standards brings us to scriptural promises that say, okay, nothing is going to happen in your life that you're not going to be able to manage. But now, what happens if you get stuck in this? The answer is, if you're a Christian and you are willing to go back to your Christian faith, God can deliver you. But it doesn't. it's not going to come by, via miracle. It's not going to come via private prayer, and then all of a sudden you're cured. It's going to come through the humility and of, of dragging yourself before God and before others who can help you and doing all of the hard work. And with God's grace, good things can happen. And Rick, okay, so you got the help. You're strong. You're standing. Uh-oh. What about a relapse? Then what? Then you pray, you ask for forgiveness, and then you stand up again. And because you will. I mean, people do, and it's okay. Not that it's okay to stay there, but it's okay because we're sinful. That's what happens. But just because you fall down again doesn't mean you don't get back up. Proverbs twenty four sixteen. For a righteous man falls seven times and rises again, but the wicked stumble in time of calamity. So... Even a righteous man falls seven times and rises again. And, and, and Jonathan, to be, to be blunt, when we're engaging in pornography and, 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 and those kinds of things, we're not being righteous. We're not even being close. You know, not like, at all. We, we, can be, we can be stubbornly uh, defying godliness by saying, well, this is all you know, part of the freedom of expression. Baloney. You know, you can say that all you want, but again— What's the cost of your freedom of expression? What's the trade-off for your gratification? Who gets hurt? First of all, you do, and everybody around you does. So is it your right? Sure, you can do that. But is it a godly way to live if you're a Christian? Not even remotely close. Absolutely not. Let's go down to, um, and again, we're hammering this point at the end of this, of this podcast, Jonathan, because it's so deeply, deeply important that we realize when we engage in pornography, what is it that we are supporting? Let's go back to uh, the porn paradox with Megan Johnson. This was a TED Talk. But while we universally object to a porn-inspired rape culture, we accept and embrace the production and consumption of porn itself. 42 million people regularly engage with violent sex online. This absolutely contributes to the practice of selling people. As you can see here, the cycle of pornography, objectification, and bought sex includes sex trafficking. Participation at any point in this cycle contributes to it. Viewing pornography forces me to see people as objects. 
And just by watching, my clicks alone fuel the demand for more workers, more variety. But many people don't stop there. My imaginative mind engages with the activity, making me feel like I'm the one participating. This makes it more likely that I will pursue bought sex. Maybe at a massage parlor where women and children are kept hidden by pimps and traffickers. The ability to tell who is there by choice and who is not evades me. And at this point, it might not matter because the porn I watch makes me believe that everyone loves what they're doing. And that's such, a, that's such an important reminder, what she said at the end. It makes you believe that everybody loves what they're doing. In fact, I mean, think about it. When Jesus surrounded himself with sinners, what did he do? He preached to them and he healed them. When we surround ourselves in the sin of pornography, we exploit them. That is as unchristian as you can possibly be. So what we need to do is we need to emotionally rehearse the unconscionable treatment of women and children that pornography supports to build your heart conviction against it. Folks, what we're suggesting is going over these things again and again, going over the heinousness and the, and the, and the, the destructiveness of all this, making it plain, making it blunt, and putting it right in front of your face and say, how can I do this? I can't do this. And hopefully what that will do is it'll give you that impetus, that little bit of strength to say, got to stop. I need some help. I got to talk to my friend. You know, Jonathan, I got to talk to you. You know, something's been really bothering me and I'm really, I am embarrassed. Please don't judge me. But, and let that friend or let that counselor or whomever it is, take your hand and say, okay, I'm with you on this. I get it. I understand the depth and the difficulty, and let's see if we can conquer this together. And 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 you know, to don't stay where you are. I guess. And Rick, add, and add prayer. Don't forget to add prayer always, to that list. Always, always. First Thessalonians four one through seven. Finally, then, brethren, we request and exhort you in the Lord Jesus that as you receive from us instruction as to how you ought to walk and please God, just as you actually do walk, then you excel still more. For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that is, that you abstain from sexual immorality. And it's interesting that way back then, you you still had the same type of problem, but in a very, very different way. But it says, this is the will of God, your sanctification, your being set apart, that you abstain from such things. Let's continue. That each of you know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor not in lustful passion like the Gentiles who do not know God. Okay, so, and and we're going to have to cut off that verse there, Jonathan, because we're almost out of time. But, you know, the bottom line is we've got to emotionally rehearse the glorious peace and contentment that come from being a follower of Jesus. Again, next week's podcast is about that happiness and contentment in Christ. One last soundbite from Megan Johnson about just wrapping this up and knowing the facts of what's going on. Leo Tolstoy said that everyone thinks of changing the world, but no one thinks of changing himself. There's no neutral when it comes to valuing each individual as a person who craves to be known and loved. Every pornographic download exploits somebody's child, mother, sister, brother, friend, fellow human beings inherently worthy of our respect. When we reduce a person to the sum of their body parts and eliminate the third dimension of their humanity, we uphold the same cultural mindset that drives sex slavery. By accepting the status quo, like Aristotle, and denying the causal relationship, 
like the tobacco companies. We also contribute to the slavery of 27 million people. Boy, is that powerful. Know the facts, folks. Know the facts. Know what this is really all about and make your decisions. Last scripture, Jonathan, as we're wrapping up, Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. Let us not lose heart in doing good, for in due time we will reap if we do not grow weary. And that is really, really, really one of the main points. In due time, in due time, you will reap a harvest if you are continuing to do good. Now, by again, doing good is not according to the standards of the world. It's good according to godly, righteous standards. Folks, we have to be willing and able to stand up against these things so that we can, with our full conscience, get behind the, 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 simple, the simple word, no, I'm not going there anymore, because the only thing that ever comes from going there is hurt and pain and suffering and abuse and all of those things that just bring about destruction. That is not what our lives are about. Folks, never give in. Never give in. Never, never, never give in. And that's a quote from Winston Churchill. From Jonathan and Rick and Christian Questions, we hope you've enjoyed being with us uh, tonight. Tough subject, but we believe a very necessary one. And again, we want to encourage you to have your teenagers with your discretion and your guidance. Use this as a tool to help them combat the evils of this world because they are everywhere. They are on their phone. Be aware of that. Till next week, stand up and be counted. Think about it. And folks, remember, we love hearing from you. We'd love to hear what you thought about today's program. So you can contact us at ChristianQuestions.com or through our app. But again, we'll be back next week with another subject. 